This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. This winter, we are studying the first 19 chapters of Genesis. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible, so he brings um, just a lot of insight and knowledge to our discussion. Mike, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Today we will look at session five, Uh, so we'll be discussing Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Well, to get us started, I will kind of share our outline just to give an overview of what's happening in this passage before we dive into some questions. In Genesis 4, chapters 1 through 7, uh, we have titled that rivalry in our outline because in these verses, Moses recounted the births of Cain and Abel. Uh, We also learned that Abel became a shepherd while Cain became a farmer. Uh, Cain and Abel both offered sacrifices to the Lord with Cain offering fruit and Abel offering the firstlings of his flock. When God accepted Abel's offering but did not give regard to Cain's offering, Cain became angry. So God approached Cain to warn him that right action would lead to acceptance, but a wrong action would lead to sin. He compared it to an animal crouching in the background waiting to attack. The next set of verses we will look at are from also from Genesis 4, verses 8 through 12. We've titled that Sentenced. While in the field, Cain murdered Abel. When God approached Cain about his brother's whereabouts, Cain replied that he did not know and that he was not responsible for Abel. God confronted Cain, pointing to the blood of Abel, crying out for justice. God's sentencing included Cain leaving the area and the ground no longer producing for Cain he would become an unfulfilled wanderer. Our last part of this passage that we will study, we've entitled Plea, and it's verses 13 through 15. Cain decried his punishment as being too great, noting that he would now be treated as a hunted fugitive. God placed a mark on Cain, promising vengeance on anyone who sought to kill him. So our summary statement for the whole lesson today is this. Dishonoring God leads to contempt for his creation. So this is a a great passage to spend some time in today. Um, Mike, let's just jump into the first question. What does this passage have to say, or what does it teach us about the danger of unchecked sinful attitudes? Yeah, I know, I know, Amber, we, we asked that question or not, maybe in those exact words, but basically that that question is in our our materials for for this week mm-hmm. and so this is um i would think this is going to be a discussion you'll have uh yeah. in your in your groups sunday so um maybe i could give some help here by pointing you to some other passages that i think speak to this that that might come up or you might use in that discussion not that you want to spend a lot of time looking at other scripture, but there are some other scriptures that might be mentioned here that I think could could give us some some key ideas in this discussion about how do we deal with these unchecked sinful attitudes. Okay. 
and and one of those is mentioned in the Bible school for for this week's study, uh, which we in Bible school we just ask that you you look at James one twelve to fifteen and list the steps of Cain's sin. Uh, using that passage, you'll see some some parallels there. So James one is is one helpful passage that can give us some some ideas. But I had a couple other passages in mind though. Uh, one is, and they're New Testament passages, but one is in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, where Paul says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sin go down on your anger mm-hmm. and don't give the devil an opportunity. Oh, now, I know, I know that sin is not, I, rather, sorry, anger is not always sinful. Um, e- even righteous indignation, though, can turn into sin if we're, if we're undisciplined in how we handle that emotion. Mm-hmm. Anger, anger that's not controlled can just take root in the heart and just give, give the devil a foothold. And so concerning Cain, what we read about Cain is that the, the, the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but not for, uh, for Cain and his offering. And then it says Cain was furious. So Cain is dealing with anger, right? And in Cain's heart, there was, there was anger and there was resentment. And, and the Lord came to Cain and, and essentially gives Cain two options here. He could, Cain can humble himself and go back and, and, and offer, uh, give an offering acceptable to God. And I think that, that's, a, that's something that God is inviting him to do. I mean, this is an option that God is giving to Cain in verse 7. It says, if you do what's right, won't you be accepted? And so Cain had that opportunity, that option. To humble himself and go back and, and offer to God what, what was acceptable in God's sight, or the other option for him, which he chose, was to be consumed by his anger mm. and his resentment. And that's what Cain chose to do. He was consumed by his anger and resentment. And and God said to Cain, if you if you do if you do not do what's right, if you do not do what's right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. By the way, uh, just an aside here, that's the first time the word sin is used in the Bible. I mean, oh, it's, okay. you, I mean, you see sin earlier in, the, in, yeah. in Eden, of course, but it's the first time you see the word used in the Bible is uh, in chapter 4, verse 7, I think it is. And he talks about sin's desire. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire, sin's desire, is for you. And that's uh, that word desire. It's, it's the same word that was used in the previous chapter, chapter 3, verse 16, talking uh, to Eve. Your, your desire will be for your husband. What it's suggesting here, a couple of things in, in just this picture is being uh, painted for us here. One is it, sin wishes to be intimate with you Mm. secondly sin is pictured as a lion crouching waiting to pounce on cain so here was cain at a crossroads with two options in front of him he could rule over it or he can be consumed by it and then there's the other passage that i that came to my mind in 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 thinking about cain is in first peter 5 verses 6 through 9. And I, I think there are just some parallels there in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. Because Paul, uh, rather Peter, Peter says, be sober-minded and alert. 
your adversary, the devil, is prowling, prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. And we just said that there's this image of, of mm-hmm. the lion crouching, waiting in, in the, the Cain account. And, you know, you know when, when a lion hunts, the prey that it goes after the first, the first prey that the lion goes after is the weak, the straggling, those, those, those animals that are uh, straggling behind the others, they're, they're separated from the herd. The, those are the ones who the lion attacks for or goes after first and attacks first. Just a reminder here that we, we as believers, we need other believers. We need each other. We need, we need one another's support because if we are separated from, from the family of God, if we're separated from other believers, we're, we're more vulnerable to, yeah. uh, to the enemy's attacks. So Peter just, he warned, your, your adversary is like a lion and he's just waiting. He's looking for opportunity to attack you. And uh, he says, resist him, resist the enemy, be firm in the faith. Um, so, you know, he just says a, a couple of things there that just kind of remi- kind of relate to Cain. You know, Peter says, one, be alert so you're not caught off guard. Be ready for the enemy's attacks. He attacks like a lion crouching, waiting to, for an opportunity. And, and then he says in verse, uh, verse 9, of 1 Peter 5, verse 9, just he says, resist him. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an active resistance. It's actively resist him. He's like, okay, well, how do we, how do I actively resist the enemy's attacks with the truth of the gospel? He says, resist him firm in the faith. And faith there, I don't think faith there means your personal faith. I, I think it means the, the Christian faith, bigger bigger faith, uh, yeah. the the gospel. Um, so be alert, uh, be aware. The enemy is waiting to attack. And we resist him actively with the truth of, of the gospel. So I, th- I think there are some things in, in these, some of these other passages that you could certainly draw in to this discussion mm-hmm. about how, how do we, um, you know, go about, you know, dealing with this, this danger of unchecked sin, uh, sinful attitudes in our lives. That is so helpful. And, and I think it's, it's important to kind of recognize that, we can, even though we are prone to sin and um, we face temptation like on the regular, uh, we are not we are not powerless against it. And so that's a that's a, a good way to bring bring in those other passages is a really helpful way to look at that at that topic. Uh, okay, what can we learn about our own worship by examining God's reaction to the offerings of Cain and Abel? Yeah, I think first of all, we need to address why God reacted the way he did to to Cain's offering. But why did he reject Cain's offering but accept Abel's offering? You know, Mm -hmm. God, clearly that says that God does not accept all acts of worship. Um, And now, you know, the Bible doesn't specifically tell us here why Cain's worship was not acceptable to God. It doesn't specifically say that. Um, I do not think it's because uh, Cain offered a grain offering, whereas Abel offered an animal uh, blood offering. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't think that was what it, I don't think that's it. 
you know, the, the law of Moses, given much later, of course, this was way before the law, but the law of Moses later allowed grain offerings. Um, so the fact that Cain's offering was of grain rather than an animal, I, I don't think that's the reason God didn't accept it. Sure. I think the way that Cain reacted to God's rejection of his offering suggests to us that his Cain's offering was rejected because of sin in his heart. Not, it was not the nature of the offering, it's the nature of his heart. And we talk about this in, in our in our resource. I know the study guide, personal study guide, you know, we, we, we say, uh, we point out that God, Cain, rather Cain didn't offer to God the first fruits of his produce. Instead, he, mm-hmm. he, only, he offered to God only some of his crop. And in contrast to that, Abel not only offered to God the firstborn of his flock, but he also offered what's considered the best part of, of it, and that's the fatty portion. Um, so I, I don't think that I don't think the problem was that Cain didn't follow some prescribed law, you know, that he didn't offer the right offering. I mean, this is way before the law even. So I so I think it's an issue of the heart that Cain kept the best for himself, and Abel offered to God the best that he had. Mm-hmm. Abel gave God his best. Cain kept the best for himself. And so your question, you know, what, what do we learn from, from all of this? Well, we learn that God looks at the heart and he weighs the motive of the worshiper. And I think there was something almost hypocritical about Cain. And I think you see it, you know, I, it's, I, I think you see it today in a lot of people that, that, that Cain thought he could appease God without giving himself to God. He, he thought he could uh, appease God or win God's favor without offering himself to God as, as an offering. Um, and, you know, it's, I just, you know what, what Paul say in Romans 12, you know, that true worship is to offer ourselves mm-hmm. as a living sacrifice to God. And it has a lot to say to us about our own worship. And I think because of what you just explained, that the Lord, he is aware of the condition of our heart, the condition of our, what we give to him, what we offer him. He knows um, where we're coming from. And so we can't, we can't fake that uh, with him or offer him less than our sincere devotion because he'll be aware of that. Gosh, that's so good. Thank you. Moving through the story, um, the Lord says, you know, where is, where is your brother? And and so here's our question. What does it mean to be a keeper of others in our society? Yeah, the word, the word that's uh, used here, that Cain used, keeper, um, often translated keeper. The CSB, I believe, uses the word guardian. Am I, am I my brother's guardian, my brother's keeper? Well, that just, those words come from a a Hebrew verb that can mean to keep, to watch, to guard, to protect. I mean, it carries all all those meanings. And it is used in other places in the Old Testament to mean a keeper of sheep. The word can mean a keeper of sheep. So, I mean, you could paraphrase this, what Cain uh, is asking God. You could almost paraphrase it as, am I the shepherd's shepherd? That's kind of the meaning. You know, Abel was, Abel was a shepherd. So okay. Cain is asking, am I that shepherd's shepherd? 
And so what Cain is what Cain what is implying in the question there, what he's saying really is that that he wasn't. I mean, he's basically saying he was not. He's he's denying that he's responsible for his brother. I mean, it's a pretty calloused attitude that you see in Cain, and and it's it's an attitude that's that's contrary to what God intends for us. That what God intends for his family, uh, as members of God's family, you know, we're we are responsible to look out for each other. We we are responsible for for one another. Um, and and one of the ways that we do that, um, one of the ways that we demonstrate that is uh, as believers in the family of God is by practicing the one another passages. You, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, most yes. of you, most mm-hmm. of you know what I mean by the one anothering yep. passages. And there are so many, you know, we can't, can't talk about all of those, but there's just, that's how we, that's how we, uh, that's how we look out for each other. That's how we care for each other. Um, like, Romans 14, 19, let's pursue what promotes peace and what builds one another up. Let's, let's pursue those things that will build one another up. Or Galatians 6, 2, carry one another's burdens. That's, that's how we do it. We carry one another's burdens. Or uh, encourage one another. You know, the, those, those one another passages, I think that, that's, how we, that's how we demonstrate this, in, you know, in our lives and in, with in our relationships, uh, so I think you know it's it's a, there's a negative way of doing it. There's a positive way of doing it. The negative way that we demonstrate our responsibility to one, one another is by not doing certain things, not attacking one another, not hurting one another, and that includes mm-hmm. assaulting others with our words in the form of gossip, slander, yeah. quarreling. Uh, whether it's spoken to one's face, behind one's back, or typed on social media. We don't do those things. Right? We don't yeah. do those things as believers. Um, Proverbs 18, 21 right. says the tongue has power of life and death. Right? So we, we, don't, we don't attack one another. We don't hurt one another. That's, that's one way we, we fulfill our responsibilities here. But on the positive side, we demonstrate this responsibility toward people by just by loving them. And that means loving them with our actions, uh, be, being mm-hmm. loving toward them, being kind. Cain um, is mentioned in first John three and in, in John, you know, John is, John talks a lot about love, uh, how we are to love one another. And he, and he mentions Cain as a negative example. Uh, he says, we should love one another. This is First John 3, 11 and 12. We should love one another unlike Cain. Don't be like Cain. <laughs> yeah. uh, love one another unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. So don't love, not like Cain, uh, but really yeah. love. And then he, and he goes on, you know, that verse, it goes on to say how, how you do that. What does that look like? He says, well, we, we were willing to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. That's what it looks like. He says, if anyone has the world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? So when you see a need, you meet the need. Uh, and he says in verse 18, little children, let's not love in word or speech, but in action and truth. So 
You know, these, these are things you do love, love with your actions, not just your words. Uh, so I think, um, I think that's, I think that answers your question. How, what does it mean for us to be a keeper uh, of our brother and how do we demonstrate that? Yeah, that's a great answer. And actually, I just think it's a good question because I'm not sure that we spend a whole lot of time thinking about that these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's quite a bit more challenging with uh, social media and all different platforms where we can quickly and instantly say things that, that have far-reaching um, far-reaching effects. And so uh, this call to be a keeper or a guardian, as it says in um, the CSB, is it, it's a good one for us. I think I think we need to be reminded of that. Yeah. Okay, our final question. Uh, we know at the very end of this passage that the Lord put a mark on Cain. What what do we know about that? Um, basically nothing. I mean, we yeah. we can speculate, <laughs> but we don't know. I mean, that's that's my that's my easy answer, my quick answer. We don't know. We we only speculate what that means. Uh, it must have been something visible, something yeah. that could be seen. I mean, that I think that's obvious. Uh, he placed a mark on Cain so that whoever found him would not kill him. So it's something that people could see. That's so interesting, um, right? But, that it would yeah, be a, it is. Some, a deterrent. So it's some, yeah, so it's some kind of mark of protection on him so that no one would kill him. Yeah. I, I, so um, we might add, I mean, we might, someone might ask the question, okay, why would God do that for Cain, a murderer? Yeah. I mean, in light of everything that's just happened, why would God do that for him? might be a little surprising. Um, but that's, that's not any more mind boggling for us or surprising or shouldn't be any more surprising than, than the fact that God proved his love for us and then while we were sinners christ died for us i mean that's just as mind that's more mind boggling yeah than this mark that he put on cain and so here's here's the point um what what do we know about it well here's here's what i know about it is that god is a is a, a god of mercy is a god of grace he offers so, so grace gracious so gracious to the sinners <laughs> and our sin is great, but God's great. But God's grace is greater. Yes. Than our sin. Yeah. That's that's what we know about it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to understand that. Uh, so each week we also spend a minute um, and and bring your attention to maybe a pack item or a Bible skill or the key doctrine, something that we think could be especially helpful as you lead your group this weekend. Um, the key doctrine is a good one, and it's um, it's. Pretty, pretty integral to the beginning of Genesis and really all, all through Scripture, but we begin to understand it at the beginning of Genesis. Uh, the key doctrine is man. And so we know that uh, because of the fall, uh, we have a, a sin nature. We're inclined to sin. Cain obviously had some real unchecked sin issues that led to murder, but we we have that same we have that same inclination. And so that is the doctrine that is discussed and, and talked about in your leader guide. If you want to spend a little bit of time on that, that absolutely comes through these first chapters of Genesis and is a good uh, basis for understanding um, that teaching. 
Thank you for listening today. If you have comments or questions, you are welcome to send me an email at amber.vaden at lifeway.com and I will respond and find an answer if I don't know it. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Next week, we will discuss parts of Genesis 6 and 7 with Bob Bunn. He is another member of our Explore the Bible team and always um, interesting to uh, ask questions of so you don't want to miss it. We would love for you to join us.